The earliest memory I have is of a clown. I don't know where we are. It's somewhere green, somewhere under a blue sky. A park, maybe. The clown stands before me, one hand, fingers, an impossible length, beckon me to it. A lollipop is in the other hand. The fingers don't grip the stick as fingers should, but twist around it like a constricting snake. The red and white colors of the lollipop are a cartoon hypnotic swirl. If the clown says anything, I've forgotten. His mouth doesn't move. It does not wear the exaggerated red grin, so typical of clowns. Its entire face is grease paint alabaster, and a gaping mouth consumes most of it. A mimicry of a smile. Then there's a woman, screaming. There's no transition. One moment, there's the clown. The next, the woman. She's running, carmine hair following behind her. Tear-smeared mascara painting her cheeks. She's reaching for me, and maybe I'm reaching for her too. Sometimes, I think I am. And other times, I don't think I care. I have the lollipop. Her makeup-blackened eyes have a look I'd come to recognize later as fear. But I'm not scared. Someone is holding me, and I'm not afraid. Not afraid then, in my memory. Though it scares me now. They're carrying me over their shoulder, so I only catch brief glimpses of them. Unkept hair rising wild from their scalp, glistening rainbow oily in the light. Up close, the shock-white flesh is a white that is not purity, but unnatural. Sick. Foul. They look at me, or I look at them, and I see that face consumed by a smile and teeth too big for their mouth, white as their skin. The woman falls away from me. She's dropped to her knees, still screaming, still reaching. She grows smaller and smaller, the entire world dropping away from me. The person holding me presses me to their chest, clothes of patchwork and reeking acrid, the stink of old urine and dirt. Who the woman is, I don't know. Sometimes, when thinking about the memory, I have a sense of missing her. I don't know why. And that's it. Nothing before it, and nothing to give it any context. We all have memories like that, don't we? Detritus of early childhood that float tethered to nothing in a sea of our minds. I don't know how much of that memory is real, and how much I filled in from dreams, or from crap I saw on TV or read in books. Yet it's as vivid a memory as the memory of every major event in my life. The first time I kissed a girl, the two of us alone in the back hall of our high school freshman year, her hair as red as the woman who ran after me. My first real bad car accident. 
a tire blowing as I went around a curve, sending my car into two others, and ending at a stone wall in someone's front yard, lucky that no one was seriously hurt. My mom, as she held my hand, and used her last breaths to tell me she was lucky. The scene with the clown is so absurd that for a while, I convinced myself that the memory is actually from a forgotten TV show or movie. Searches of movie encyclopedias and the internet turn up nothing. Nothing, that is, about a TV show or movie. But there are a lot of reports, starting in 81, from every part of the country, of clowns attempting to lure children away from their parents. Police investigations found no suspects, and no disappearance was ever tied to the clowns. The next earliest memory I have is of the time, and the only time, that my mother raised a hand to me. Four years old at the time, I think, at a park again. Coming off a slide, I ran to my mother and informed her that she was not my real mother. I don't know why I would say such a thing. She yanked me up by the arm, so hard I could hear a pop. I was half dragged, half propelled back to the family car by her hand across my four-year-old bottom. I'm crying. She's crying, and the entire way home, she is screaming at me from the front seat, telling me to never say anything like that again. I have to promise her, but an upset four-year-old is far beyond reasoning. At home, the same rough treatment carries me to the bedroom. There, she takes me by the shoulders and tries to shake reason into me, make me promise. My head will come detached, I'm sure of it, so I say anything to make it stop. She hugs me tight. Her arms feel like she could... Then she hugs me tight, and her arms felt like they could crush me back into her womb. I cannot, cannot, cannot say anything like that again, she tells me. Or they'll take me away. I still have no idea who they are. That day, there was something in my mom's eyes in her voice, I had never seen in her before. Years later, when she got the diagnosis, I would see that same look and recognize it as fear. My earliest memory is not something I've carried my whole life. It wasn't until I was a teenager that the memory came back. There was no encounter with a clown or at a circus or a birthday party or seen on TV that brought it back up. No great moment of revelation, no epiphany. I wish there was a more dramatic story to tell you, but that's the truth. I just remembered. I was 15 when I remembered. A month came and went before I told anyone of the memory. That was the time of my failed search for a source. And while nothing made me remember, after it happened, triggers to remind me were abundant. Think about how many times a day you might see a clown. It doesn't matter where doesn't matter where or in what context. Just count. You'll be surprised. And then you'll get a sense of how many reminders there were every single day. It invaded my sleep. Dreams were just replays of the memory. Sleep became something feared.
It took a month of insomnia for me to finally ask mom about it. She was making dinner. I sat down at the table, her back to me as she worked at the stove, stirring soup. The moment my ass hit the chair, I asked, Mom, was I ever kidnapped? She dropped the spoon. Liquid splashed and sizzled across the stovetop. Mom ignored it. What? she asked. Then, before I could repeat the question, she said, No, that's ridiculous. Of course not. But, was all I could get out before she said she felt like she was going to vomit and ran to the bathroom. She stayed in there all night. I tried knocking, tried talking to her. She said she was too sick to come out. Dinner evaporated on the burner. Dinner evaporated on the burner. That night, I was awoken by voices in my bedroom. Two people, arguing in harsh whispers. My mom and someone else. She was... Her voice was clear, but the other was only echo and tone, unintelligible. Goose flesh raised over every part of me, and before my eyes opened... And before my eyes opened... I knew that I was not supposed to be hearing them. Pretending to still be asleep, I rolled my head towards the voices, dared to open one eye a sliver. As I did, the voices stopped. I thought I was caught. After an aching moment, waiting for someone to pounce on me. After an aching moment, waiting for someone to pounce on me, they continued. Please. I love him. I could see Mom beside my bed, back to me, facing the door. Her voice shook with the rest of her. He's all I have. A familiar, acrid sting invaded my nostrils. Fear threatened to empty my bladder. Please, my mom says, a whisper choking on tears. Give him, us, one more chance. She holds her hands up to beg. As they move, the moon catches the knife she is holding. The other person said, Something. What? I do not know. Mom gasped in relief, and there was a dull crash, like someone or something falling to or through the floor. The bed bowed beside me, and I felt Mom kiss my cheek. Her cheeks were wet. I pretended to sleep, and after she left, I cried too. Despite this, despite the ache between my legs, I stayed silent and still until night, trying to pretend this never happened. My earliest memory was written and read by Bruce Pretty. This has been a production of Stab Wounds Horror.